I think acknowledging that days and life can be hard, it is for everyone, and that's okay. But the reason you chose your partner to be with you is because you're better together. And doing the small things form habits that turn into big things and really make a world of difference. I'm Amy. And I'm Abby. And as women, we are constantly comparing ourselves to others. But your life isn't supposed to look like hers. Being your best self means standing firm in your decisions and always being willing to grow with a purpose. We get vulnerable and real with an honest look into the challenges and triumphs we all face. Every woman listening gets the opportunity to choose what life looks like for herself. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Ask and you shall receive. This is the episode where we bring the men back on. So this time we decided to tell more of our stories as couples. A lot of times we are really fun. We're energetic. We go into a lot of detail on the fun stuff. Today's going to get a little bit deep. We're going to get a little bit serious. Um, and it's not to say that we're kind of just talking through all of the struggles that we have because there are going to be solutions. But we just want to make sure that you guys know that there's going to be real talk today. Things that we haven't brought up with close friends, things we haven't brought up with family members. So you'll learn a lot about us. And all four of us really want to share things that we know that you're going to find helpful. But we're also going to open up just about the fun stuff too. So that being said, if you haven't listened to episode three yet, that's the first episode where my husband, Colin, and Amy's husband, Drew, were on. So if you want some introductions, that's a great one to go back to. But for today, we're going to dive right in. So thanks for coming back on, guys. We're back. Pleasure to be back. (laughs) And before we get too serious, I just must say... Uh, I did not get the 99 green M&Ms that I required in the green room. So, <laughs> oh no pun intended. Maybe next time. I guess we're not big enough. <laughs> next time. I did not know where he was going with that. One thing that's really important to Abby and I is that we show where we've struggled and where we're currently struggling. When we were developing the ideas for the second podcast, Colin sent Abby and I this extremely long text message with his ideas. He shared about a lot of contention in their marriage. And if I'm being really honest, just knowing these two wonderful humans, I had no idea that there was ever a rough patch. I just, in my head, I'm like, we should be listening to these two Mm -hmm. give marriage advice because they have such a strong marriage today. So I was really interested in hearing more about this. Colin, could you paint the picture of what your first year of marriage looked like? Yeah, you know, you would think that the first year in marriage with no kids and all this time on our hands that we were having the time of our lives. But the reality was our first year in marriage, and even if you go back to engagement, was probably one of the most difficult times that we've had. And we were really mean to each other, really mean. Yes, of course, there was lots of love, but also deep-rooted pain and frustration. You would think... Again, that having that much time for ourselves that we were having a great time, but we were bickering and we were fighting and it happened everywhere. It happened frequently. It happened at home, in front of friends, in front of family. It was really embarrassing. 
I would say Abby probably started. <laughs> oh, here we go. Ninety-five percent of the fights. It's the truth. It's the truth, though. <laughs> I don't mean that she was responsible for ninety-five percent of the fights, but she certainly started them. And honey, that's just your personality, and that's totally fine. <laughs> um, you were overly vocal about the things you didn't agree with, or you were frustrated with, and for a lot of it, you were right. Instead of communicating my frustrations, I instead would try to hold them in. I would keep him in from starting what I thought was an unnecessary fight. And because of that, it festered and it lingered. And in the end, what it did was start a larger fight later on, you know, in, in, the, in the moment of a, a blowout or something like that. We fought over the exact same things over and over again, household duties, respect or lack thereof, family dynamics. I think we can all share in some of that. Um, it was draining. And with each fight, it kept driving us further and further apart. And again, the reality was we really loved each other. But we were holding grudges. We were keeping a scoreboard. We were talking poorly about each other in front of others. That's a huge one for me. Mm -hmm. And it was a killer, an absolute killer for us. And we were both doing it to each other in front of family and, and friends. And we were growing further apart. And as we grew further apart, we became more self-independent because we didn't want to rely on each other knowing that we were going to let the other one down. And, I mean, the big question for us was, how did we get here, right? We actually like each other. Why are we here? And if I were to continue, uh, you know, there's one particular story uh, of many fights that we had uh, where I had just got done yelling at the top of my lungs at her. Words that I am truly embarrassed about saying, uh, you could pick out the words that I used. And she'd finally left the bedroom. I was sitting at the foot of the bed with my hands covering my face. Frustration, anger, tears, literally flowing. And I remember thinking to myself, I don't like that woman. <laughs> I don't like you. <laughs> and I remember thinking to myself, I hate myself. And I can't do this anymore. And, and again, the question is, how did I get here? How did we get here? And sometimes we each have those moments where you hit rock bottom and you think to yourself, I got to do something different. And that was the moment that I had. As bad as that moment was, it was the catapult to us starting to communicate better with each other. Thank you so much for sharing that. I know that it's probably not easy to talk about that or go back and think about those memories. No. But Abby, can you talk about what what do you think started to help you guys change from there? And the reason we're bringing this up in the first place is because I know somebody out there is in that spot. And they don't think that they can get out of it. They think that they are at rock bottom, that the only cure for it is divorce or living in an unhappy marriage, and that is not the case. Like, we did, did not think about divorce. Those are words that never got brought up. Um, that D word is a really, really bad word in any relationship, and once it gets brought up once, it usually gets brought up again and again. <clears throat> but some things that did help were actually reaching out to friends. So when talking with Molly Millwood, and she's going to come on next week, you guys, she brought up therapy. And she brought up therapy as a way to help anybody. So every single couple out there should be seeing therapy, kind of like how we get our hair professionally done, kind of like how we get our car professionally maintenanced. Therapy is for people, everybody, at every stage to really just get an unbiased view on a professional opinion. 
And we didn't get therapy. We thought that we were above it. We thought that we could do it on our own. And I think that's where some of those struggles came in, is that we kept on trying over and over again to use the same information, the same experiences, and it wasn't working. I know. I certainly was there. Yeah. (laughs) But when we started opening up with friends, we started realizing that the issues we were having were more normal. Like they weren't issues that just relied on us or just happened to us. There were issues that more people had, and we didn't have to make such a big deal about them. Like I, and I'll say this myself, I was making a really big deal about little things that every single couple deals with. Like these are things that every couple deals with. It just felt so, so hard in our relationship because it kept happening over and over and over again. We also both felt like we were giving over and over, yet felt totally depleted. Like our love tank, as you can say, was totally depleted, even though we were trying to fill the other person's cup but we weren't filling it correctly. So we were filling it in a way that was comfortable for us and not giving in the right ways. For instance, I just needed to speak nicer. If I would have just spoken nicer and been more open, kinder about the the actions and voices that I was using, it would have been just heard in such a better way from Colin. How do I say this? Know that we're not fighting about the forks being the wrong way or the Those kids darn forks again they keep <laughs> popping up on me or or the laundry not being folded like that's not the root cause of the issue that's just like the straw that broke the camel's back for lack of a better term um know that you're fighting about something else that can get figured out if you work it out together so i know a lot of this came over time but colin you mentioned it didn't really start to come to a head until into your engagement and first year of marriage what was different about that time period then when you two first started dating and what ultimately led to everything coming to a head? Moving in together. Mm-hmm. That was it for us. Um, we had, like in every, probably beginning of every relationship, we were having the time of our lives. It was blissful. <laughs> we got the best parts of each other. We got our own time. We went back to our own apartments Right. I mean, it was it was amazing. It was so much fun. And then all of a sudden, you know, we move in together and now we got to live with each other. And we had to learn about each of our quirks and, you know, the darn forks example or, you know, the way that I fold laundry. You know, I, all these things that I didn't think were issues <laughs> that now we're bringing up to be possible issues. Um, they didn't rub me the right way. And I certainly was doing things to annoy her. And it was tough. And so I think that's the big difference was moving in together was kind of that moment for us where it started to get hard. You finally see everything that the other person has. Like You finally see it all. (laughs) Where when you go back to your own apartment, you can throw the laundry into the closet and just shut the door. You can't do that when you live with somebody else. All right, Drew. Now that our past fighting and our skeletons are out of our closet, is arguing something that you and Amy struggle with? Most definitely uh, something that we've struggled with from day one and still do today. I think the two most difficult times for us were uh, first uh, pre-marriage, and and there wasn't like a specific time six months prior to getting married or a year prior to getting married. Uh, We did live together before getting married, and while we were happy, we just didn't treat each other always with the respect and love that I think either of us would have liked for us to do. And uh, just that whole time, I would say it was probably close to a two-year period um, that we fought about a lot of different things. We were, like you said, Colin, we were mean to each other. Uh, 
I would raise my voice more than I would like to admit. Uh, and once we got into an argument, at least for me, I wanted to be right, but I also fought with the intent of making Amy feel bad about herself. Mm-hmm. Uh, not something I'm very proud of today and I feel bad for, but it it was just a natural reaction for me to want to dominate the conversation. And I was annoyed with whatever she was bringing to the table or kept on bringing up. And I would say things to hurt her feelings. That was, in my view, winning the argument. Uh, and then more recently, uh, after Max was born, our first child, he's uh, over three and a half today, but going into parenthood was life-changing in good and bad ways. And knowing that we didn't have as much time to communicate with each other because there was this infant around that we had no idea how to take care of. And his first six months especially were pretty crazy. He didn't sleep well. He was pretty fussy. And uh, that tested both of our patients. And for me, I'm not a patient person to begin with. (laughs) So... (laughs) Uh, that just got to me and we would turn small things into big things. Like Abby said, uh, one thing that we also f- would bring into arguments to try to stick that knife in a little bit further was family dynamics, stuff about our parents or comparing, uh, our spouse to one of our parents. <laughs> and I'm not going to name any names. We, <laughs> we love our parents dearly. Um, but like everybody, there are things about our parents or each other's parents that just bother us. And we would draw that comparison and we knew that it would really bother the other person. And that was when we were fighting dirty below Mm -hmm. the belt shots. It's um, again, not something that we do really anymore, but that was a pretty difficult time for us. Wouldn't you say? Yes. A hundred percent for me. I think the hardest was after Max came I know I felt so resentful of Drew. You can listen to every past episode about that because I've talked about it a lot. Um, But where we are today feels a lot better. Do you think that you could share some specific things that would help people that are still struggling with maybe fighting dirty or looping past arguments in? Hmm. I think the biggest thing is remember who you're talking to. Uh, When we were on episode three, I mentioned, uh, think about the person that you married in the first place. What are all of the good things that you appreciated about him or her? And as hard as it can be, try to remember those positive things when you're in an active uh, disagreement or even a heated argument. Uh, And one thing that I think that has helped me as well is when Amy says something that I violently disagree with and, and want to lash out, I give myself a timeout. I, I take five, 10, 15 seconds just to sit in silence and really think about what I want to say, knowing that the first thing that comes to my mind probably isn't the healthiest thing for the discussion and our relationship in general. Uh, and those are a couple things that have helped me. It's great. Yeah. I, I think our fights are less emotional in a really good way. We kind of give each other time and space to collect ourselves before we enter into having Mm. a disagreement. And I think that Drew and I are both really comfortable disagreeing now. Like we know that we're going to see things two different ways sometimes. And when we were younger, the, we just, 
each of us wanted to be right and we there was no space for seeing things two different ways. Yeah, it's interesting. Right now, I think if people could have a front row seat to some of our disagreements, they would think that we're in a business meeting. <laughs> <laughs> so take out the emotion, share the facts, share what's going on and what we can do to make it better. Uh, it is pretty ironic, and I think we'd get made fun of pretty bad if people didn't hear us. But the idea that you're on the same team, right? I mean, I think that's the theme in a lot of this is knowing that you're coming back to the marriage, you're coming back to each other. And I love the way you said it, you know, remembering the person you married in the first place. Yeah. And, and another thing that we were really bad at years ago is bringing up past arguments. So one would bleed into the next, even if they were two months apart. Uh, and, and Amy did this, I think, a little bit more than I did, but it was really irritating for me as if we were on a topic, she would somehow bring in a maybe indirectly related topic into uh, what we were discussing. And remember that one time you text your ex-girlfriend? I'd be like, no, I don't actually. But like, what thanks for trying to bring to that in. Uh, and that didn't get us anywhere either because we were just all over the board and one topic turned into four topics and there was n- never any end in sight. And now we'll kind of call each other out on that. Like if we're discussing something that's been bothering one of us and then someone's trying to bring in all this other stuff, we're like, whoa, 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 that doesn't fit in this conversation. I hear you. And I think that is something we need to discuss, but that has nothing to do with what we're talking about right now. And I think that's one area you've really grown in, Amy, is I probably do a worse job of that now than you do, where I like to go back to the well and bring up things that we've previously discussed where that just may not apply to our argument. So we've both grown there, but Amy especially, I think, has has done a great job. Now I'm super curious, what would it be like to be a fly on the wall of one of your current day arguments for you two? I think that's a great question, Amy. And to be honest with you, this is an area that I think we can get better. We, our fights today look fairly businessy. Um, we don't have a ton of fights, but when we do, they can escalate. And I think this is an area of growth for us. This season of my life, I feel that I've done a better job in trying to take my pride and put it in the back seat, knowing that I have more important things in my life with my family that, that I need to work on. For example, you're really busy with your job, with your podcast, with your family, with pregnancy. There's so many things on your plate that I have tried to put that first and put me second in a way. I'm not saying that, you know, I'm not taking time for myself because Abby gives me that. She knows that. When I go in the basement, that's me time (laughs) going to work out. That door is closed. Nobody's bothering me. But that's me time. And then when I come back, I come back better, more focused on trying to serve the family first. And that's helped us in this time frame where I know it's been really busy for her. And it's just been exhausting. So the last two months, I have been very, very sick with this pregnancy. So it's almost like we don't have the energy to fight at the end of the day because Colin has taken over. I'm not even kidding you guys. He's taken over like 95% of the household tasks. And again, this is not to compare 
we literally nothing would have gotten done if I was in charge of 50-50 at this point. So I think that looking at that and just being so grateful with it, um, but also knowing that I had to ask him very specifically to help out in these areas. Like our communication, our arguments have turned more into escalated communication, if you can say that. So we still bicker all the time. Like this is not saying that we don't bicker, um, but just the fights, instead of getting to that part where we are just yelling and thrashing and saying the mean things like we have in the past, instead, we just have a lot of conversations and the conversations aren't comfortable. Like any type of disagreement isn't comfortable, but at least they're getting to a place where we're finding a solution before it gets to be too bad. And I like what you said there, because I think in marriage for all of us, There are just going to be seasons. So Abby's having a really tough season right now. She's been really sick. On top of that, she's really busy. So as a spouse, to understand that, but it gets hard, right? Mm Because being in charge of 95% and two toddlers is a lot, a lot of work. Mm -hmm. Um, So to to try to stick together when one of you, no matter what it looks like, is having a tough season is something that I think I've really grown to understand about marriage. Yeah, and it's not scorekeeping. Like that's not scorekeeping. It's just knowing that one person might be taking more of it than the other during certain parts of your life and being okay. Like knowing that you'll get a break at some point. um, And if you ask for it kindly, it will definitely happen sooner. One area that comes to mind as we're talking about areas to grow for Drew and I is that now I feel like we just have off days. They don't happen very often, but two Sundays ago, we were so off and I could not handle Drew Kiefer that day. Can you speak to that? Drew, now I want to know, what were you doing? <laughs> oh, let's see. Uh, <laughs> um, so it was a Sunday morning. Uh, we... <laughs> Didn't have any plans for a change, which was nice. And I had previously communicated, let's be productive today, get a lot of things done around the house. And we'd slept in a little longer than we normally do. And for whatever reason, I just wanted to relax for a little bit after breakfast, (laughs) read the paper, check out some sports scores. Oh, it sounds like a beautiful morning. (laughs) (laughs) Started that way. And Amy kind of looked at me. Across the table with those stone cold eyes. <laughs> and I, I don't remember exactly what you said, but it, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here. It was a lot I of remember. Oh, you I was like, Drew Kiefer, you can't have it two ways. You woke up this morning, you listed from your Gmail account the 20 things we need to get done today. And then all you've done so far is watch a cartoon with the boys. And then you have the audacity to get your newspaper out right now. You can't have it both ways. So don't give me a huge list if you aren't going to start being productive during the time that the boys are the best. And it was a fair comment. (laughs) To my defense, my argument at the time was, valid point, Amy, I just need a few minutes to enjoy the peace and quiet while I can before the day does get crazy. And we just did not see it each other's way that day. And for the rest of the day, no matter what we did or said, we were each in a bad mood and not wanting to be close to each other or have nice communication. And I think at one point um, in the afternoon, you tried to make amends and I was not having it and just wanted to be angry and, and pissed off and... 
that's how we lived that full Sunday. And we finally came back together later that night. But we had a few different exchanges where uh, we took shots at each other and made no effort, at least I didn't, to make it better. Uh, so we still do have days like that. Days were just off. And, and maybe in those cases, it's better that we just go our separate ways and, <laughs> and not try to confront each other about it. And isn't it crazy how 10 minutes in the morning can literally set up your entire day? Like the ball could have been rolling one way or the other, but somehow those 10 minutes at the newspaper was this trigger for Amy <laughs> that just set it up the entire day for little bickers, fights, things to escalate. Exactly. This Sunday that we had no plans, no commitments, that we were going to enjoy the day, get some things done, turned into a day that we were just both crabby all day long. And then we started our busy work week. It was just not a good way to start the week at all. But I do think when you guys are talking, what's coming to my mind is it is we were stacking chips toward that fight. Like there were, a, there was the buildup of, you know, one thing in our marriage is that Drew has like 40 things that he wants to accomplish in our house. And it really bothers him that we don't get anywhere on that list. And I'm very overwhelmed. I'm like, you have to send me like one thing at a time. So just to say like, a lot of times fights are not just about that one newspaper. It's like the trigger, the dam broke, and um, that's what kind of led into that whole day. I think we've all been there at some point in our relationship. So to round out this conversation, Colin, what's one last message on the communication part that you think might help others because it helped us? Wrap it up in one statement. Um, <clears throat> I really think for us, I had I had met this um, amazing human, Artie McLennigan, who is a friend, our pastor, and we got really close. And he introduced Abby and I to a book called The Five Love Languages Book. And I know it's come up at some point, but for us, this was a huge step for our communication. We... As it turns out, as we read this book together, and by the way, I did not want to read this book. <laughs> 100% did not want to read it, and I'm so glad that that we did. It turns out that we were totally speaking different love languages to each other. Abby, you know, I would get home, and the house would be immaculate. It would be spotless. The trash would be taken out. The dishes would be put away. And she, I would get home, and I would say, great, honey, this is looks good no no he wouldn't notice the house <laughs> i would spend four hours cleaning the house and you wouldn't notice it and then things would escalate yeah then maybe she'd team me up to say hey honey how does the house look and then i would say that um and while it was all great she was trying to serve me serve our family but frankly i don't care i, I like i don't care that much i'm sorry but you know this is one of those things where that serves your love language doesn't serve mine. And this, what this book does is it really frames out in a very easy way the ways that people feel love and fulfillment. And it's super simple. It's super easy. But it, as it turns out, we're different. We're different humans. Sometimes you and your spouse might be the same love language. Perfect. That's great. For us, you know, I would get home and I would tell her nice things. I would say, you look beautiful today. Or that you know, I want to spend some quality time with you. And those are some of my love languages that I wanted to see more of, so I would give it. And not that she didn't appreciate it, you did, but you would have appreciated a lot more had I... Don't tell me I'm pretty, clean the toilet. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and with these five love languages, they're, um, as a reminder, quality time, 
words of affirmation, physical touch, gifts, and acts of service. So you usually fall into one. Sometimes it's easier to give in one language and and you want to take in another language. Um, it's very, very natural for you to want to give in the same language in which you want to receive, which is exactly what we were doing. So simple things that we did, I would clean the whole house and then write a cute note saying, you look hot in those jeans. And he would love that 30 second note more than any time that I spent on the entire house. Yeah. And you're going to be a blend. You're not going to be just be one. You're going to be a blend of a couple. But what this book really put into place for us is being able to serve your spouse first. And I, and I really think that was the change in our marriage is we were trying to serve ourselves. And as it turns out, that drove us further and further away from each other. And when we started to speak each other's love languages with intentionality, prioritizing it, putting it into our schedule, and yeah, it felt a little robotic at first, but we each took these small steps towards each other that ended up being a really big thing at the end. And sometimes you got to sacrifice, right? You might have a moment where you have some of your time where I could play video games, right? Or you can work out or go for a walk. But how are you prioritizing your spouse in your day, in your week, in your month? And these little decisions end up being big things at the end of your marriage. Sometimes you're not going to want to do it. Oh, you're 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 telling me. You're going to have no energy. (laughs) Yeah. And that's the time when you need to do it the most. Right. Even when you don't want to do it, do it anyway. And at first, especially, guys, if, if we're in a spot where you're, your marriage is in a tough spot, right? The communication is not at the level where it needs to be. We, as a group, as a podcast community, need to take the initiative to take that step, even though you don't want to. Because that one step leads to 10 steps over a week. And your spouse's love tank should to some degree, be filled. And we can't do it with the expectation that they're going to give back right away because they won't, right? You're When we're so far apart, it's going to take time, but these little steps end up being really big things at the end. And if we're doing a better job communicating with our spouse, hopefully they're taking steps towards us. That was life-changing for us. It's so interesting who we end up marrying because Abby would be the perfect spouse for Drew. He would feel very, very loved by her. And it's just navigating like that Drew and I fell in love and trying to show him that down the road where we are now looks a lot different than when we just had that two two bedroom apartment and it was just the two of us. Like being intentional about showing my love in the language that he likes it. That's really challenging because it can feel like the last thing that you have time for or want to do. So now, Drew, what would you say would be your last thing you wanted to leave people with when it comes to communicating with their partner? I think that it's okay to table disagreements, meaning if we are in the middle of an argument or a heated discussion we don't always have to come to resolution right there in the moment. And the reason I say that is because when we are having an argument, typically one or both of us are not at our individual best, meaning we've either had a long day or we're tired or we're stressed out about something else and and maybe a bit distracted, where if we can take some time apart, uh, internalize it a bit, think more about it and come back together, 
either later in the day or maybe even the next morning or a couple of days from now and revisit the topic, we'll both be at a better spot. And for example, if you're morning people and you're, you're recharged and refreshed in the morning, that might be a better time to revisit the conversation. Uh, you've had time to cool down and think more about what it means to you, what it means to your partner. And that for us, I think, is helps come bring us to a better spot and, and come to resolution on items that in the past we would, Amy especially, would really just want to figure it out right in the moment. And for me, I, I at least needed more time to think about it and be a more active participant in the solution. That's so good. And I think so many people are going to learn from that or just think in their own minds like, ooh, maybe I should table some of these conversations that I've been wanting to bring up far too soon. So now that we've covered fighting and communication, I know that all of us in this room are probably going to do a little bit more work in this area. So we'll get back to you guys on that. But we wanted to dive into another important topic. So what happens when those big and heavy conversations come up? So Colin and I talked about um, just infertility and the struggles that we had there. I know that you guys had a difficult time deciding what size family was right for you. So can you walk us through that? Yeah, it was really, really a difficult period in our marriage. Um, I knew in my bones that I wanted one more child. It was like almost immediately after having our second little boy, Trey, um, I just... I had this feeling that there was one more little person out there for us. We did have those conversations pretty early on because if there's one thing that we agreed on, it was that Lord willing, if we had another child, we just always envisioned our children being close in age. Um, so we went down that road early. What did the talks look like for you, babe? They were frightening. I was terrified. As soon as I knew you were bringing it up, my skin would just start crawling because I knew that we were in very different spots and I knew the result of the conversation would end up in you crying and us being in very different spots and upset with each other. And that was a repetitive thing, literally dozens if not hundreds of the same conversation. And I I think what led to that is we... Uh, in one of your recent episodes, you guys talked about being on the same page with your partner and having those difficult discussions before marriage. We That is something we did talk about, but we were in different spots where I knew Amy always wanted a, a large family, and I didn't. And we never got to a point of resolution <laughs> on married. that. We, we just got married and started having kids. And once we had two, I was hoping that... Amy would feel content with that, and I think she felt like once we had two uh, happy, healthy kids that I would just want to keep going. By the way, that's not the advice that we're sharing here, (laughs) is to get married regardless. (laughs) Not not at all. Not at all. Uh, So it was really challenging for us. And I I think from the point of when Trey, our second child, was born, for the following seven or eight months, that was the biggest single argument that we had and it was all of the time yeah it it was really tough and you know just thinking back to how emotional those conversations were because I mean it was a big decision there was a lot hinging on it for both of us um 
And just to be really honest here, one conversation that I really remember well is Drew and I were on vacation, so the perfect time to have heavy conversations, right? (laughs) And we were with my, our sister-in-law and my best friend, and it came up in front of them. And they were asking us these quite like thought provoking questions and having us explain our points of view. Both of us were there. And just to have other people in your life that you trust in the conversation, I found it to be helpful because they weren't taking my side or saying that I was right. They were really hearing both of us. And I know I've been having a conversation with one of our our guy friends because they're currently in the season of having this really heavy conversation. And I can hear him as a male, like he has so many great points and I affirm those for him. You know, I think that Drew had very valid points. It wasn't to say that I just felt like I should get my way. Um, so babe, if you from a guy's perspective, do you have any advice when it comes to having these really big conversations with your, your significant other? It's really tough. Uh, but some of the suggestions I would have is one practicing avoidance is not going to make the situation better or go away. I practiced heavy avoidance on this topic and we now have three children. So there you go. When those tabled conversations go a little bit too tabled. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, the other is come to the conversation with an open mind. Even if you have firm beliefs and they're different from your partners, uh, think about or put, your, put yourself in their shoes. Think about it from their perspective. Ask thoughtful questions and more than anything, understand their Why? Yes, I, I know you want to have more than two kids, but but why? And Amy would say things like, well, I grew up in a big family and I love it. Okay, you grew up in a big family, but that doesn't really tell me why. Like, why did you love it? Help me understand why you want to expand our family. And doing that helped me better understand her, her motives and her feelings behind them. Uh, and I think... On the flip side, it's important that um, whoever it is in this situation, you share your views and the why behind them. Because saying the same thing over and over again, you're typically not talking about the why. And when you share the why, even if you don't personally agree with it, it helps you better appreciate where the other person is coming from. And as you think about it together and individually, uh, you're more likely to ultimately come to a spot where you're making a decision that has the best interest of each other in it and not just for one individual. And I know that this is a heavy topic for a lot of people out there right now. And in the past, Drew has made it clear. He's like, I don't want to be the poster child for a man changing his mind about a family size, because the truth is the right size for different families is going to look different just because we have a third child doesn't mean that that's going to be the right decision for everyone. And on that topic, Amy, I think it's so important that both spouses go into that conversation with an open mind because sometimes we, we fall into this 
category, right? Where we get into a conversation and we just want to accomplish and win our agenda. And when we're doing that, we're totally discounting whatever feedback, whatever point of view your spouse has. And you're not doing it intentionally, but you're doing it. And it's really harmful for those really tough conversations. Yeah, I hear you with the that one in particular. There were times where Drew would say, Amy, I just don't think I'm going to change my mind about this. And I would say, Drew, I hear that. I don't think I'm going to change my mind either. So I just don't know where that leaves us. So we don't have all the answers because I don't know you know, how we had, we didn't really have a breakthrough on how to handle the conversation or why Drew had a change of heart. I think that these are just really tough things that you guys might be navigating right now. And just doing it together, like having those conversations together, like we don't, we are very, very open about this, that we don't have those answers, but navigating those fields together, it is going to look different for every single couple. And luckily for Colin and I, we did line up in the number of kids departments, so we did always want three kids together. But one thing that has helped with these conversations and in the conversations that you and Drew both had, Amy, is that when these points of contention come up, avoiding words like the absolutes, so always and never. And these two words are part of my vocabulary, so I am not perfect with this. I can test it. (laughs) It feels so good to say. It feels so good just to say, you never do this, or you're always doing this. Colin, you are always handsome. Yes. You get on board with that. (laughs) See, that's true. Exactly, that's true. Um, Usually, it's untrue, though, however. Usually, saying those absolutes is completely false and can make the other person really get defensive. I really feel like we could talk on this topic and struggles forever, but to close today, Colin, what are some final words that you have? I think it's so important that we continue to go back to our marriage, go back to your ceremony, um, go back to that spouse, your husband, your wife, your significant other, that we would prioritize it in your day, in your week, in your month, that we would go back to our ceremony and remember why you chose him or her in the first place. Why did you marry him? And honestly, let's fill in the blank together. He might be an amazing dad. You might love the way that he treats your family or the way that he loves you, the way that he takes care of you when you're sick, his generosity, the warmth of his skin, the touch of his lips, the way he holds your hand, maybe that weird freckle on his face or the bright smile or the way that he makes you laugh uncontrollably. Seriously, write it all down. Let those flashes of memory and life surround you with love. Let it wash everything else away. That man loves you, and you love him. And sometimes we just need to dig up what is covering the better part of ourselves. And the cool thing is is that you two hold the key. When we change our perspective from what can my spouse do for me to how can I serve my spouse, it can be life-changing, and it was for, for Abby and I. And if both spouses can live with that mindset, you'll take amazing and significant strides in your marriage. How about you, Drew? Is there any closing words that you have for us? I think acknowledging that days in life can be hard. It is for everyone, and that's okay. But the reason you chose your partner to be with you is because you're better together. And doing the small things form habits that turn into big things and really make a world of difference. 
Well, thank you so much, Drew and Colin, for taking time out of your busy schedule to be on our podcast again. It means so much. For all of you listening, if you can think of someone that could use this episode, do us a favor and just text it to them. That way you're taking out one of the barriers of finding it and they could listen in on all the goodness that the guys shared today 